Greetings, PVIC, and welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time when we reflect on this week's sermon and ask practical questions. Um, I'm here today with Pastor Billy. Um, Our brother Neil is not with us. Um, So why don't we just get started with a quick synopsis of this week's sermon. Pastor Billy, take it away. Thanks, Sean. So we uh, have moved now into Matthew chapter 7, the third of three chapters that encompass the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And we're here in Matthew 7, uh, verses 1 through 5. And um, here we see Jesus uh, delivers the comical, really, yet ultimately tragic metaphor uh, of the speck and the log to contrast uh, wise, humble, and discerning judgment with foolish, prideful, and hypercritical judgmentalism. And really, we see Jesus sort of doubling down on some of his discussion around hypocrisy in chapter 6 and sort of bring it here into into Matthew chapter 7 in the context of uh, judging and how we view others, view their sin and view our sin, and ultimately gives us a path for discerning uh, rightly and what the community of faith uh, looks like when it comes to dealing with our own sin and the sins of others. Great. Thank you. So let's get started with our first question. Now, as pastors, um, we're called to exposit scripture, um, to give counsel to others, to shepherd the flock. Here's a really interesting question. Is it wrong for us to name names from the pulpit? Yeah, so as pastors, uh, important to understand our function as uh, shepherds of the church. So that is the imagery uh, that's used in scripture. Um, of course, we are really under shepherds, under the shepherd that is that is Christ. Um, but this imagery of shepherding is used. So you've got the shepherd, you've got the flock, uh, and then we see this sort of analogy extended in scripture to wolves. Uh, So this idea that as shepherds, uh, we have a responsibility to uh, protect the flock that God has entrusted to us um, from wolves, essentially false teachers, false teaching. And that is part of the responsibility um, for pastors. Now, specifically, and that's that's undeniable, uh, but specifically to your question is how, in what context do we do that? So definitely, right, personally, and as we are counseling and uh, ministering to uh, those God has entrusted to us, you know, individually, right, and in different non-preaching settings, um, we should be doing that, right? We right. should be, you know, calling out um, uh, teaching that we see as false, teachers that we see as false, because and that's, you know, directly in line with what God has called us to do. Um, and really, you have to look into the wider context of the time we live in, right? So, um, 
long gone are the days where you've you've got a pastor ministering to a flock and that pastor's voice is really the the main voice that they will hear or even really have access to in the day and age we live in now um everything is accessible all manner of teaching so it's really even all the more critical for us to do this now but when it comes to from the pulpit I don't think there's anything that precludes uh, a preacher from doing that because, again, it lines into the function of them as shepherds. However, as preachers, right, as pastors, I think we need to be careful because we should not be there. There shouldn't be a joy that we take in doing that. Right. right. So if we're if we ever, if ever find ourselves veering into, you know, um, calling out false teachings or a false teacher and um we feel something other than sorrow around that mm-hmm. um, and we take our sort of take joy in that uh, that might be a warning for us to kind of self-examine ourselves right and kind of kind of look take a deeper deeper look within because you know we, sh- we should not be right um, and I think I yeah. think you're absolutely right because when we're preaching our concern should be for the flock so when we are naming names from the pulpit we're doing it out of a true and a genuine concern that our congregants might be led astray by teachings that uh, don't line up with scripture properly and we live in a day and age like you just said where we're being inundated with so much information and so many different kinds of teachings from people who are in all different kinds of denominations and involved in certain heresies and things like that. Yeah. So um, so I think it, it is important to speak from the pulpit in that way. Yeah, no, we definitely definitely need to, right? And you, you touched on it in the, in the day and age that we live in. Um, but I think it's important for us to... Like do these things not in the way the world does them, hmm. right? Because <clears throat> if you look into the way the world operates, right, the world will, and just look into social media, right, the world will either take something and deify it, right, turn it into a godlike thing, mm-hmm. or it will try to destroy it, tear it down, cancel it, right? right. It's these two poles, mm-hmm. and that's the way the world operates unfortunately you come into the church and Christianity and it seems like we adopt that mentality right mm-hmm. whether it's a, a teacher or a teaching it's it gets unduly deified mm-hmm. right and exalted above in this place inordinate in an inordinate inordinate way mm-hmm. or it's destroy right so we lionize certain people who yes. we shouldn't, and then we dunk on other people. Exactly. Right. And that's the methodology of the world. That should not be – it shouldn't be deify or destroy. It should be discern. Beautiful. Yeah. Right. And that's what we should be doing. And we have a responsibility as pastors to do that. That's a great answer. That's good. For our second question, you were speaking obviously today about judging rightly and discernment. Is the judgment that Jesus is talking about in this passage, is it applicable believer to believer within the context of, a, of brothers and sisters in Christ? Or is it also applicable um, in regards to believer to unbeliever as well? Yeah, I think so. We kind of closed out the sermon in that discussion around Jesus gives us a path 
for the community of faith to operate in this way. So I think that's really where this is most instructive, that as the community of faith, we operate in this call to discipline and disciple each other. Mm-hmm. And our churches should be um, places that are um, that foster that, right? Instead of, and but that doesn't happen when there is um, in a hypercritical environment, right? And and a, not a discerning sort of judgment, but a you know overbearing, condemning sort of sort of judgment. But it, it got uh, Jesus gives us a path where the community of faith um, can can disciple each other and discipline each other. And I don't think that is an aspect of the community of faith that many folks um, emphasize or utilize or even think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's part of what God has called us uh, to do. Would you say right? that that's kind of like a superficial understanding of of the church to not think about accountability and, and yeah. being there for each other in this way? Yeah. Yeah. We got to go deeper, right, than just the, mm-hmm. uh, and again, right, there's the the way the world looks at community, and then there's the way that um, the church looks at community, right? Right. And a lot of times in the world, you know, community just operates at a very surface sort of level, right? It doesn't get beyond to the deeper things of, 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 of meaning, mm-hmm. and the reason for that is the world's not capable of that, but the church grounded in the truth of the gospel um we're called to go deeper than just the surface right and really um you know be able to um what was the language in leviticus to frankly Mm -hmm. um you know converse with our 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 brother right uh, and to be able to do that right yeah we're you know we're, we're called to do that and it's 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 a fascinating thing and it's a it's it's a beautiful thing, right? To be able to to be able to have that a place where that can where that can happen, right? Because you're not going to get anywhere else. Yeah, you won't. Yeah. All right. Last question. Here we go. So we've had people pass who have been um, surrounded by controversy. Um, we've only found out some of these things later on. A great example of this would be Ravi Zacharias. Um, teacher, writer, um, only after he passed did we find out that his life was kind of marred in controversy. Pastor Billy, what do you, what do you think, what are your thoughts using that kind of discernment? What are your thoughts on those who might want to continue listening or reading his content or other folks who are in similar circumstances? Yeah, it's an utterly messy situation, right. right? You have to acknowledge that right up, right up front, right? That there's a lot of, I mean, you see the outworkings of sin and, and lack of accountability and, and all of that, right? right? You know, you have to yeah. acknowledge that right up front, right? But really, I think... And, there, and there's some gray here, right, I think for sure. But I think it kind of boils down into are we talking about um, personal use of these resources or teachings and understandings or 
um, endorsement by a church of these of these teachings, right? And I say that to mean that ultimately what it boils down to is truth is going to be truth, right? So, um, you know, individually, we can, you know, kind of take any resource, right? And we should be able to rightly take it and put it up against scripture, right? And test it rightly and be able to see the value and worth that is there or rightly judge it and see the lack of value and, and worth that is in it. So I think in an individual context, um, there's nothing there that precludes someone from doing that as long as, right, they're using that approach, right? Again, I think we already talked about, about lionizing and de- lionizing and, and, and destroying, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we have to be able to see these folks um, with through clear eyes. Yeah. So from an individual perspective, right? I don't I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But if you if you take it back and you take it to a church from a church perspective, you mean using it as a as a resource, right? As a resource, that's right. The you know I think you know churches would probably have to be cognizant of um, the potential implicit. Um, associations that come along with that right and to be discerning in that sort of way and understand the kind of um, uh, implications that might have for uh, recommending that a resource that linked to, to someone who had such a you know public and, and open sort of failing in that sort of way okay. um, so I think there's a distinction there in the, in the corporate sort of understanding of a church versus the individual like sort of rightly dividing you know how and when to apply a resource like that yeah and i think this kind of goes back to our first question in in a, in a sense because um for me when i think about this i like we said in the first question we're inundated with so much information so this actually might work to our benefit um there's so much information out there there's actually so much good information out there too um, that my recommendation sometimes to folks who bring me stuff like this is um, here are some other good resources too um, that might not be surrounded with such kind of controversy. But like you said, Billy, there's a there's a big difference between your personal time reading these things and then a church using it as a resource. Yeah, yeah, and I and it's again important to realize that um, for pastors and everyone to realize that. People are not sitting in a vacuum. You know, I'd be foolish to think that I'm the only voice that people are hearing. Right. So the question then becomes to what, as a shepherd, right? I mean, you just go back to what you said before. um, What is our responsibility? Mm -hmm. And what do we need to do? And that's to, of course, preach and teach faithfully God's word but also to in a personal sense be counsel and shepherd right the flock that God God has called you to Um, and uh, you know there's so much value in that 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 cannot ultimately be replaced by no matter how great the resource is Mm -hmm. um by some separate resource that's online or somewhere else, sure. yeah. right? That uh, there, there's something in the way that God has designed the, the local church to be that it can only happen within 
the local church. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. I, th- I think people just don't value the church as much as they really should. All right. So as we close, Pastor Billy, um, why don't you give us a few questions to think about this week as we gather together in, in, our, uh, in our homes as families? Sure. So I think we'll start with, um, I think a good question to begin is you know, to think about what areas of your life you most you were most likely to be judgmental of someone. So a good starting question. Because most likely there are particular areas of our life that we would tend to be hypercritical or judgmental. You know, whatever it may be for you. Finances, work, health, parenting, marriage, emotions. You know, it could be any number of things. But to ask the question. Uh, secondly, um, to ask, you know, Am I more sensitive to the sin of others than to my own sin? And if so, what can I do to swap this sensitivity? And lastly, and I think we spent a fair amount of time in this sermon kind of engaging with social media and how it kind of plays into things here um, is to ask the question, does social media increase or decrease your temptation to judge others and to think about how you do or can use social media without sinfully judging someone? I think those are wonderful questions for us to think about with our families and Today's questions, today's discussion was just so particularly uh, practical and I think very helpful. And I I pray that all of us are able to use these and and kind of apply them to our lives. So as we go forward this week, let's look at these questions. Let's think about this topic and um, approach it prayerfully. And let us continue to strive to live all of life to the glory of God. (laughs) 